Welcome to the 90 Minutes or Less Film Fest. My name is Sam Clements, and this is the podcast that celebrates films of a 90 minute or less runtime. In each episode, a guest will select a film and join me to add to our ongoing fictional film festival, usually. This is in fact a 90 Minutes or Less Film Fest spotlight, where, in addition to our guest curated program, the main episodes on the feed where a guest will come and select a film, We do like to spotlight filmmakers who are currently working, making brand new movies, which are also 90 minutes long. We've done a couple. If you scroll back through the feed, we spoke to Alice Rohrbacher uh, earlier this year, in fact. And uh, and today we are going to be joined by writer-director Celine Tsuyama, whose new film is 72 minutes long. Oh, what a glorious runtime for a brand new film. We are truly spoiled. Petit Maman is, uh, is also a remarkable film. It's remarkable in so many ways. It was shot during lockdown and it, uh, it had a very short production period. They started shooting this in autumn 2020 and it had its world premiere at the Berlin Film Festival in March 2021. Uh, that's an incredible turnaround time and I guess in part uh, helped by the 72-minute uh, runtime. You know, there's fewer shots to edit, there's fewer scenes to grade, less music needs to be added at the end of the day. Uh, but I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, Celine Chiyama, as we all are here at the uh, 90 Minutes or Less Film Fest. So when we had a chance to talk to Celine about her brand new film, which will be in UK cinemas on the 19th of November, we thought we should invite her onto the podcast. Long-term listeners will know that before we talk about a film with a guest, we like to read out the back of the DVD to describe the plot to the audience so we can go straight in. And with Celine Sciamma, we only had limited amount of time, so we wanted to go straight in. As the film is not out on DVD yet, because it's literally in cinemas as I'm talking about it right now, I thought I would find a cinema that was showing it, and I will read the blurb on their website so we're all on the same page about the film. Celine Sciamma... Girlhood, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, takes us on another journey of discovery with Petite Maman. After the death of her beloved grandmother, eight-year-old Nelly meets a strangely familiar girl her own age in the woods. Instantly forming a connection with this mysterious new friend, Nelly embarks on a fantastical journey of discovery, which helps her come to terms with this new-found loss. Now, I am delighted to welcome writer and director Celine Shiyama, to the podcast. Hello, Celine. Hello. Hello, Sam. Thank you very much for joining us at our fictional film festival. This film festival, Celine, only plays films that are under 90 minutes long. We thought, as Petite Maman is a beautiful 72 minutes long, we should automatically induct it into our film festival to join our our prestigious lineup. Thank you for that privilege. Uh, you're someone who who goes to, I guess, quite a lot of film festivals. Have you got a favourite one that you like to visit? Well, you know, the weird thing is that my experience of of festivals is not about watching films. It's really about hanging out in festivals and showing my own films. The only festival where I go and watch films is the Cannes Film Festival, which is, uh, you could never say it's your favourite because it's... (laughs) But uh, otherwise, it has to do with the people you meet there. I'm a big fan of the LFF for sure. I've always I've I've also enjoyed a lot the Stockholm Film Festival 
And uh, I've, mo I've mostly been in European festivals, but I had the luck to go to Telluride, which is in America at the, at the, the end of August, which is a very, very specific place where you, you lack oxygen because it's so high. <laughs> And I have great memories. <laughs> That's where the Portrait of Lady on Fire tour started. That's where also I met uh, director Bong Joon-ho and we started our, our festival uh, path together. And uh, yeah, it's mostly, about, it's mostly about this. Most of my memories are about yeah, the people and the festival. It's a great place to talk about cinema, you know. I think that's the, the best thing about a festival. You know, it brings film lovers, like-minded people together from all across the world, you mm -hmm. know, and mm -hmm. people travel for, for cinema, which is so nice to see. And you only get to talk about films for like a few days, and it's, which is really crazy, but uh, feels feels good. I wanted to ask a really nerdy question about Petit Maman, your brand new film. The film is, is 72 minutes long, and I just wondered behind the scenes when you're writing, Do you have an idea of, of how long the final film might be? Or, you know, or, or does that really not come into it until you finish the process? No, it definitely does. And it's, uh, it's a decision I take very early on. The two main decisions I take uh, when I start thinking about the film and the script is how long it's going to be and is there going to be a score? What's going to be the music, the, the, the place for music in the film? Because then it definitely impacts the writing. And especially with Petite Maman, it's a story with a high concept. It's a time-traveling film. So you can go with a very epic narrative, paradox, tourism in past, future, how do we get back? You know, there's a lot, a lot of dramaturgy implied, offered very generously by time-traveling genre. So if you decide the film is, is going to be short, then you know that you're also, it allows you in a way to skip some part of the narrative or to focus on some part and to be also to make new, new rhythm, new pace, new, new way to look at time traveling and my, my, in cinema. And I wanted the film to be short and I was like, it's going to be an hour and 15 minutes. So it's an hour and 12, but you know, my continuity, continuity person, She, she's, she's like, she knows, we, we bet on the ending, on how, how the film went. And she, she always, she's very, she's like, oh, I can't estimate it. And then when we're shooting the film, she was worried. She was worried that the film would only be 50 minutes or, and I was, I'm never worried about that. Never. Because of, of course I'm worried about that. If like, we're not getting a scene, then there'll be, you know, that's a gap. That's, you know, all the scenes have to be in there if you craft a very short film. So there's pressure around short films because it's like, okay, I I, I only have like, uh, it was for Tomboy, for instance, that we wanted the film to be 50 scenes. You know, it's 50 scenes. So then you have to have them all. Because, and Tomboy was also very short. Water Lilies was also very short. Um, but Petite Maman was designed to be short also because I wanted to be a very democratic, Uh, experience that would that would be totally fit for kids because that was my dream that's my dream of of the theater room uh, it's like kids and adults feeling sharing the same cinematic experience being equally respected by a film which is pretty rare uh and i wanted it to be short so that so that kids could could fall for it and that it could be shot and so to, in schools and everything you know that's that's also 
there's politics in the length of a film. Um, and when you look at how cinema is responding to being fragilized by platforms, streaming, the answer seems to be a longer film, in a way. Uh, seems to be like, oh, people have to, you know, they have to get the experience of it's, it's expensive. You know, they have to get... Uh, but I kind of see it in a different way, I guess. I see it as, uh, no, the cinematic experience, we have to think about what it is. It can't be about only the room you're watching the film in, otherwise we're dead. And you know what? If we made shorter films, then maybe there'll be more diversity in theaters. Maybe making films that are shorter can enable, like there's more shows, so you can also, because otherwise, you know, if a blockbuster is a two hour and a half and it's screened on three screens of the theater for like, uh, and then there's no room for the other for the for the other people. So there's a politics in the length of film that is also kind of <laughs> leaving rooms for other films. And the cinematic experience should be about the impact and the intimacy you feel with the film. And of course, a theater room can bring you some form of intimacy with other people watching the film, with the fact that you're so immersed that you're not going to look at your phone and whatever. But it shouldn't be. I mean, it's 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 also something else, something more mysterious. That is, yeah, intimacy. And the length of the film is also, you know, I know that my films are making, I'm always trying to make them this way, so that's why I know it, are very, I'm making the audience very active. You have to be very active. You have to think, you have to put yourself into the film. And that's exhausting. That's also emotionally, it could be emotionally exhausting. And I want my films to have like a very strong emotional impact. So I know that I'm crafting that. Like I know that I want, I want you to release some emotion. Like I, 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 if tears can come, then I think it's better. It's better for you. <laughs> so then if you want to have that kind of impact, it's the fact that it's short is it's a way to, yeah, you, you, you make people focus for like an hour and then they release their emotions for like 10 minutes. And then, and then that doesn't mean that the experience is over. I think I'm making short films because I want them to have like a strong impact. And then this one is crafted as a 24 hour experience, for instance. So if you ask me, my film is like, when you watch my film, it's a 24 hour experience that includes your night, that includes sleep. So I really see film, yeah, like a, some, like a very, like a narrow, like a narrow that I, whoosh, that goes very fast, straight to your heart. And then you, then you live with it a little bit, you know, if it works. It's an experience that extends, that I hope will expand in your heart and your mind at home. I love everything you said about that. And, and you know, as a purveyor of films, uh, really good films that tell a great story in a really effective runtime, uh, I, I think we're on the same page uh, there. I always feel like, you know, I, I love long films, but isn't it so good when you can have a complete emotional journey under 90 minutes or, you know, in, in a very effective runtime? And isn't it great when you leave the cinema wanting more or still thinking about a movie and not going, oh, I wish they cut half an hour out the middle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I do think that should be celebrated because it's a, it's a craft, you know, and, uh, and and I think Petit Maman definitely feels, feels like it's, you know, been very finely crafted uh, in that respect. Thank you. <laughs> you were talking about the... Um, you know, wanting to make sure that the audience leave emotionally engaged, you know, how, how do you build that into the, to the film? Is that when you're talking to people about the project? Is that when you're sort of rehearsing with the cast? Like, what, when do you feel confident that, that the audience will leave feeling that way? I don't rehearse with the, with the actors, so, because, you know, acting for cinema is being watched by 20 people in a camera. 
I, I really see it as something that has happening that have you been crafting for so long in your head and then it's about making it happen live, which is suddenly there's the weather, suddenly there's like the mood of the kids, what what uh, you know, and the fact that they have to learn the craft of cinema while doing it. And I guess I try to be confident. I try to be confident each time I shoot a scene. Like at the end of it, it's, do we have the scene and do I have like the emotional impact that I... And I don't stop until I don't feel that. So it's really about yeah, being accurate about the magic. And also the hardest part of this is that you can only trust yourself. You're the only one with the whole architecture in your head. I mean, everyone shares these architectures. And I have collaboration that are very long. Like, for instance, I think the person who knows me the best in the world, who knows my brand and my everything, is, is the assistant director I've been working with for the, my first film. It's time, like, people are like, oh, I want, we want to talk to your collaborators. They always want to talk to the director of photography, or they should just talk to the editor and the assistant director if you want to know about a director. So I'm not, we're not alone in charge with this, but you have to resist. It's not about going all the way for the emotion. Mostly it's about resisting the emotion. I'm giving you an example, not on Petite Maman, but on Portrait of a Lady on Fire, for instance. Portrait of a Lady on Fire, I was, I knew that I wanted them to smile at each other in a specific scene that was a bonfire scene that would take place around an hour and 10 minutes in the film, okay? We're on the sets, we've been shooting, there's a lot of scenes in that film, so we've been shooting a lot. It's, it's, and it's always kind of the same ritual because it's in the same place and everything. And the actors, they are obviously amazing. And they are building this thing between the characters that is playful, full of chemistry. And so suddenly people are like, oh, maybe you could do, yeah, it's really good. This is good, but maybe she could smile. Maybe she could smile. Maybe they could be, you know, she could be more lighthearted. It could be more joyful because there's something on the set that, makes you want to get this, you know, because it's there, it's available. And you have to resist that. And then you have to, you have to say, yeah, but people like it, shoot it, then you will have it. No, no, I won't. I won't, because I want them to smile at that moment. And it will, I don't want to have this. I, I don't, I don't doubt it. I don't need to doubt it. <laughs> when you work with kids, it's resisting for instance, for everyone's like, oh, improv, it's improvised. No, it's not improvised. They have characters, they have line, and it's not about me being a control freak or whatever. What? Why would we expect of kids just to be charming and to entertain us with their wit and their will to seduce us? I mean, what the what what what's that? So no, they are fully respected because they have characters, they have lines, they are they are they are collaborators of the brain of the film. They they wish ideas. So resisting. The fact that they could be tomboy was all about that. Resisted, like because the little sister, a five-year-old, can give you like so many cute things. Like, but it's not the film, and you have to resist it because it's about the choreography. Yeah, it's about the choreography of feelings you have to stick with. So that's resisting. You know, finding emotion is also about resisting early emotions, all the emotions that you will have on the set. You can't feel each scene with everything, so you have to be. Yeah, you have to be very accurate about what you want people to be moved by. And this can be the opening of a, of a cupboard. And I'm very obsessed about this idea, these ideas. So that, 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 that's, I stick to it. Mm. And a bit of stu stu stubborn, a little bit stubborn sometimes, you know, but you have to, you have to, you have to. No, they won't smile. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, that scene that you talked about in Portrait of a Lady on Fire, though, like, 
it plays so well in the final film and it's a very memorable scene. Like when I talk to people about that film, that scene always comes up. <laughs> so it was right to to hold back and mm-hmm. to do, you know, to approach how you did. And, and I guess cinema is about, you know, you can't give everybody chocolate all the time. You know, you need to hold some things back and then reward and, and treat and, and to keep the audience interested. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there is... You know, you definitely have that in, in how the story in Petit Maman unravels. You mentioned the child performers, and you've got such good form with working with young casts, you know, thinking of Tomboy, Girlhood, and, and the way you co-wrote My Life as a Courgette. You know, you get very, I don't want to be patronising, but like grown-up performances from, you know, not very experienced performers. Uh, how did you how did you find the girls for Petit Maman, and, and, and how do you get to know the cast to get such a great performance out of them? Well, um, we just... You know, I just saw Josephine and Gabrielle Sans for the part. My casting director, she saw like not a lot of kids, really like a dozen, I think. Working with kids implies, you know, a strong ethic. That's why I learned so much from working or writing for kids. Frankly, Portrait of Lydia on Fire is highly impacted in my writing by my life as a courgette, really. Because for the first time I worked for kids and I wasn't being more straightforward with emotions and also creating a safe space for characters. You know, these things. And frankly, when I'm having doubts, and even in life, huh, thinking about how would I address this thing to a kid, so someone that cares a lot and that that is dependent. It's a good way to actually think about things. Sorry, I got lost. I, I So I only met them. We, we, what I do is that I film them and talk to them and, and see if they respond because that's mostly also how it's going to happen on the set. Can you listen to my voice and, and react feeling like cool about it? Which is, uh, of course, sort of comfortable for them huh? because I am always by their side and never alone. I speak during the takes to get also some response. Uh, yeah, they're not alone in this. So this is the first thing we do. And then I met them a second time. We read the, I gave them the part. I was like, we're going to read the script. I want you to know that it, this is not a test. So you got the parts if you like the script, if you want to do it, if you get it, you know, it's, it's, and they read the script and I read the script with them with the parents and they were, and that's it. And I think it's, um, and yeah, we didn't rehearse, so it's not about... We get to know each other through work and share the ideas of the film and share the, the ideas of cinema. So, like, for instance, I'm not never going to talk to them about the emotions. I'm not going to be like, okay, so you're moved because your mother is has left or, you know, you're sad or... It's not about that. It's about... Or, like, you're, you're, you're scared because you're scared that your father has disappeared because you are in the past. I would go, this is a spy film. This is a horror film. It's always about cinema. And then at some point, you know, for the first few days, you watch them learn the craft of cinema. Like it's walking in a track shot. It's like, okay, it's the, those protocols. It's, And then at some point, you start building, they get the rhythm of the film. That's really one of the most beautiful things you can experiment. I, I, I experimented as a director. Because I'm, I can be really accurate. I can be like, okay, you take eight eight steps to go to her. Because that's rhythm. And then and suddenly you don't have to say that anymore. And because this is all organic, frankly, it's it's amazing to both see someone learning a skill and, you know, love it. My great luck in the, all the casting process now is that as I've been working with kids for years now, an eight-year-old that comes to a casting for Petite Maman as Sin Tomboy, 
So they're coming for this kind of cinema. You know, they're coming for your film, which means they have something there. There's something there for them. So they choose you also, you know, they should, they should. Yeah, I'm very lucky in that matter, I must say, because it's, uh, I mean, it's a path. The fact that uh, kids trust me with with films, because if they watch Tomboy, they feel respected by the film. Uh, as made, yeah, as made Petite Maman possible, in a way. Thank you so much for joining us today, Celine. As I say, you're like really big fans of your films. It, listeners, if you... I uh, haven't seen uh, many of Celine's films yet. There are so many that are under 90 minutes long. And you know what? Even the ones that are over, they're worth watching too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but Petit Maman is a real treat and it's in cinemas right now, which is why we thought we'd do this special episode with writer and director Celine Chiyama. Thank you so much for talking to us today. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice. You can also listen on our website, 90minfilmfest.com. That's 90minfilmfest.com. You can contact us there or on Twitter and Instagram at 90minfilmfest. The podcast is produced by Louise Owen and me, Sam Clements. The show is edited by Louise Owen with sound mixing and additional editing by Luke Smith. Our music is by Martin Ostwick and our artwork is by Sam Gilby. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks. We're a proud member of the Stripped Media Network.